0: Cheers, Jen. And uh, Sam. What a great job Sam Ward's doing. Yeah, come on, really. What a blessing this man is. His beard's starting to look a bit ridiculous, but he is doing a good job. As he's talking about beards, I met a guy called Des. Where's Des? Just stand up, Des. Now that's what you call a beard, Sam. Come on. But Des, sorry, mate. Where's Andre all the way from Melbourne? Is he is in the room. Oh, I met him in the toilet. He's probably just uh, still having a wee. That's the longest wee ever, that Andre. you meet a man called Andre who has the proper William Booth beard. I mean, I'm like, you want to see this beard all the way from Melbourne, but he's not here. Maybe we can go and find him and bring him in because it's a beautiful sight. So, you know, that's what we're talking about, a beard, Sam. Come on. Let's not do things half-hearted, all right. Um, what a joy it is to be here. We So we've this is, I don't know, our fifth or sixth uh, proximity conference and over the years we've you know we've uh, flown in a bunch of people a great expense actually people like Dave Ferguson you may remember that and Bill Hogg and Daniel Strickland and we even flew Ash Barker all the way from Bangkok and then he flipped and moved to Birmingham <laughs> <laughs> it's true actually <laughs> and uh, but uh, we've had some stellar speakers and when we were chatting together myself and Sam um, well, two things happened. We tried one or two people and it just, the timing didn't work. And then Danielle said, she, you know, we had a book for the conference. She would love to speak into the Eden Network and do this urban masterclass, especially for you in November. So we thought, you know what, let's do a smaller proximity, just me, you, and Carl, Sam. And even if we have a couple of hundred, it would be amazing. And then let's really go for it in November. And you know what, you've all turned out over 300 people, I think record numbers at proximity. What a blessing that is after 20 years. And we have actually had our best ever year in terms of amount of teams we've rolled out since we last met. Amount of, uh, of workers moved in. Well over 100 people moved in to live in the last 12 months in our toughest communities. How cool is that? Much of it is down to Sam and his team's hard work, but it's also the favour of God, isn't it? How's it even happen? So we're 20 years old and I hope you'll, you'll uh, take the opportunity to get hold of this special book that Sam's been working really hard on. Uh, But it's unfinished at the moment. But it will be finished. He's promised us by the 1st of July. And uh, I hope you'll take the opportunity to order those and spread the word. And what a story we've got to tell. 1997, um, there were two unforgettable moments for me. One was the first time I ever spoke publicly about Eden. You you perhaps know the story. That um, I was in King's Church in the centre of Manchester. And we'd seen all these young people come to Christ in Bench Hill. And we didn't know what to do with them. It was then the most deprived ward in Britain. We had a tiny little partner church we were working with. And I went to see a bunch of leaders of the large churches in Manchester and said, would you come alongside us? Would you send some of your best people? Would you pray for us? Would you please give us some money so we can take on a team to work in Bench Hill? And uh, everyone knew what Bench was like. And, uh, and amazingly enough, these leaders said, yes, they would. And five minutes after that meeting, we, I sat in my car in a car park opposite King's Church in Manchester with my brother and a guy came up and knocked on the car window and I wound the window down I said hello he didn't know me he said uh, excuse me lads uh, I don't know if you're Christians if you understand this kind of thing but I've been reading my Bible and I feel compelled to read these verses to you I think I'd be disobedient if I didn't actually um, I think it might be a word from God for you too And now this never happened to me before or since, but five minutes previous, I've been speaking for the first time ever about Eden. And he came in the back of the car and he read Psalm 37, verses five to 11, the verses that Sam read at the start of this proximity conference. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. The righteousness of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still and wait patiently. Don't fret when men succeed in their wicked wicked ways refrain from anger, turn from wrath that only leads to evil. But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. Honestly, that is the word of the Lord for you. If you're involved in any way in Eden, I know that was almighty God. And it's all there. Everything that the last 20 years have been involved, this righteous cause. And when the the psalmist wrote those words down, of course, he was thinking of the Middle Eastern sun, perhaps the hottest sun in the world, the brightest sun. The cause is going to shine like the noonday sun. He said it's the massive revival promise that's over Eden. He also said we've got to be patient. We've got to persevere. Don't give up when it gets hard. Keep going because you will inherit the land. It's a battle. Of course it is. But we will inherit a land for Jesus. What will that be like? And then I went off to uh, Soul Survivor. So I've spoken to a small group of leaders. We're going for it. Mike Pillow actually gave me a platform to talk at uh, Soul Survivor Conference. And I remember giving out leaflets. Some of you might have even been there. The first time we ever spoke publicly on a platform and we gave everybody a leaflet and all these stupid kids turned them into paper planes and I was devastated as the whole sky was filled with Eden planes and once you know 50 kids had done it they all did it and there were thousands of Eden planes flying around they're my precious leaflets but anyway I, I, I got up to, to share the vision of Eden for the first time and call him workers for Eden Withenshaw and Phil Wall from the Salvation Army came up to me and he said Andy God i oh, really believe God's saying to you he's going to give you Gideon's army it's not just for withenshaw it's a much bigger thing God's going to give you an army of people Gideon's army to rout the enemy in the inner city come on and that's what we've been living for so to have over 300 people here for this proximity conference what a beautiful thing and I think the Lord wants to say to you go in the strength you have and save Withenshaw. Go in the strength you have and save Salford and Longsight and Openshaw and Harperhay and Swinton and Failsworth and Hattersley and Fitton Hill and Old Trafford and Arbathorn and Gorton and Lee. It's gonna take me a long time, this, and Limeside, and Westwood and Blythe, and Biker and Buttershaw. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll get some crowd participation and Easter Side, and Eccles, and Bow, and Delgano and Furvale, and Ladbrook Grove, and Tollington, and Brunel, and Merseybank, and Plasto, and Preston Road, <laughs> and Primrose Hill, and Wheatley, and Partington, and Salt River, Salt River? That's in Cape Town, South Africa. We never saw that coming, did we? But the Lord had bigger plans. And Shoreditch and Wheelie Castle and Wiley Birch and Parkhead and Southwick, how would you say it? Southwick. Southwick. (laughs) And Pelican Park and Tremorfa and Latchford. And nianga the murder capital of South Africa. We never saw that coming. Gangsters moving into one of the most dangerous places in the world. To live there long term to see transformation come in Cape Town and Walsall and Ridder and Gurnal Grove and Wally and Drumchap that's Canada we didn't see that coming did we and Drumchapel and East Finchley and Rochdale and Farley Hill and Birkenhead come on yeah. now if I've forgotten you it's Sam Ward's fault because I couldn't remember all that lot well over 50 Eden teams and actually now over 600 people twice our Gideon's army what a thing really and the Lord wants to say keep going it's a righteous cause it's a cause that's going to shine it is shining it's going to shine even brighter I believe it Anybody heard about this guy? This is Eden Wally. you got that picture? Anybody know what's going on here? I love this. About six weeks ago, didn't see this coming either. In Wally, in Canada, Okay, Vancouver's a funny city. I'm going on Friday. It's a, a shiny modern city, but pockets of great deprivation. There are whole communities where the pavements are just full, the sidewalks are just full of prostitutes and drug addicts and homeless people. And uh, Sam's been there and uh, they minister and the Eden team lives in Wally and they minister on the strip. About six weeks ago, they got up early to pray and as a team and they go out giving out food and ministering to the drug dealers and they have a service there on the strip. It's a beautiful thing. But as they were ministering there, this guy died in front of them, drug, had a drug overdose and died on the strip because they were so fired up. They were so filled and passionate Three of them decided to keep on praying for him. Even though the paramedics had worked on him and the guy had died. And as he prayed for the next 25 minutes, he went waxy, he went cold, he went grey. And they felt like they wanted to keep on praying. And the ambulance people were like, who are these people? As they pack up, packed up their, all their stuff in the ambulance. After 25 minutes, this guy coughed. And his colour came back. He came blue. And uh, he was brought back to life. And he gave... His life to Jesus, the greatest miracle of all. It's all there. Everything Eden's about a heart for the poor and sacrifice, passionate prayer, salvation, the greatest miracle, far bigger miracle than being raised from the dead, is eternal life in Jesus that these Muslims in Oldham are discovering. God doing what only he can do, isn't it? I mean, we can't do that. And I felt like it was God saying it's a new day, you know. This isn't uh, Heidi Baker or Reinhard Bonnke. It's it's Dave and Shane and Chris. It's amazing, isn't it? Come on, Lord. And maybe for some of you in this room, as I'm preparing this earlier this week, I felt maybe this is hard, me even saying this. Because you've been slogging away and not seeing many salvations. Not seen that many people raised from the dead in your Eden team or your inner city work. Well, I've got a word for, for you if you have seen all that happening. If you're riding this massive wave of blessing, it feels like the wind's behind you. Or if it feels like the wind's against you, you're rowing with all your might and you feel like you're getting nowhere. So, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 6. Um... Lovely things happen for me. Uh, Sam, my son, uh, who works here at The Message and uh, is involved at the MEC next door, uh, he said a couple of months ago, why don't we meet once a week, Dad, and just get into the Bible together and pray? And I thought, what ace thing for your 26-year-old son to say. I was like, get in. So every Wednesday or Thursday, myself and Sam get together. And I, I, I thought, you know, let's let's go right back to basics. Let's go back to my favorite book in the Bible. The fastest... The shortest gospel, the most action-packed, the most exciting, it's absolutely Ace. I love Mark. And then um, this little bit I want to speak up, I speak about this morning as we start this proximity conference, Mark chapter six, verse 45. Immediately Jesus made his disciples immediately. You're going to see a lot of them in Mark. I mean, things are in a hurry, in Mark. Have you spotted that? But immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them. Walking on the lake, he was about to pass them by. But when he saw them walking, when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost and they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they'd not understood about the loaves and their hearts were hardened. So in Mark 6, perhaps you'll know that everything is stepping up. In verse 12 of Mark 6, it says this beautiful thing. And this is the disciples. This is the unschooled, ordinary 12 who he's gathered around him and invested in and mentored. Imagine if you could say this about some of your kids on your Eden team. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil, and he healed them. Suddenly, things are stepping up. Suddenly, things are happening, and then they have this incredible miracle that the disciples are involved in, the feeding of the 5,000. We know it's 5,000 men, so maybe 15,000 people fed, fed with this young boy's packed luncheon. The disciples kept breaking and breaking and breaking. It just multiplied and fed the masses. And then they collected 12 basketfuls, one each, these large, like linen baskets full of the leftovers. It was an over the top Jesus thing. And then, so after this, but in between those two events, in between the disciples going out, healing, preaching, salvation, incredible, casting out demons, and the feeding of the 5,000. John the Baptist, Mark 6, tells us, has his head cut off. He's martyred for Jesus. And there's get ready for the roller coaster, disciples. You know, Jesus said he's the greatest man who's ever lived. He loved this man. So he's seeing the breakthrough, he's seeing the incredible miraculous, but he's also seeing great persecution. You know, Eden runs on twin tracks breakthrough, encouragement, blessing, opposition, threats, nightmares. And it is always going to be the way as we try and drive this thing forward on the cutting edge of God's purposes. What a roller coaster. But it's the roller coaster we've been bought, we've bought into, isn't it? I don't want to be on the little kiddie ride going round and round, do you? You know, there's an easy, there is an easy ride. There's an easy ride round and round and round, your own agenda, getting there. And yeah, you'll go to heaven, but you're not going to take many people with you. You're not going to make a mark in this generation. I don't want to be on the little kiddie ride. I want to be on the flipping big one, don't you? Don't you? You know, with the highs of breakthrough and the lows of opposition, but we're doing it for Jesus and it's worth it. Then this happens. Jesus sends them out. Jesus commissions them. They've had this incredible moment. Off you go, boys, across the lake. You know, again, Jesus needed to spend some time with his father. He poured his life out as our perfect role model. He wanted to spend some time in prayer after all the miracle, after all the acceleration. So he commissioned them to go across the lake. And they set off. And he was pouring himself out with the father praying, pressing in, getting the look, the Father God's direction, but also all the time having one eye on the disciples because he'd sent them out there. And as he's got his one eye on the disciples, I personally think Jesus knew this was going to happen. A massive storm brew up and the winds against him should take about, you know, five or six hours tops, even if you're pretty slow, even if you're like Sid and Sam with their Eden, what's it called? dingy thingy challenge you know should take about six hours but it says in the bible in the third or to fourth watch of the night that's like between three and six in the morning they're still rowing he sent them out of tea time and they're still rowing and they're getting nowhere the winds against him Jesus has sent them and they know he sent them he's commissioned them to go on his journey and everything's against them anybody felt like that occasionally come on we have haven't we you told us to do this Eden thing. You told us to move into that deprived community. I've got my moment when I had my commissioning and I'm rowing so hard and it feels like I'm absolutely getting nowhere. You know where the Lord is? His eye is on you. His eye, and at any moment, he's ready to come really close. Because then Jesus sets off down the hill and starts walking on the water to get even closer to really check out just how are my boys doing? You know, in this test, you see, it's a test of faith. The Lord will test your faith, especially once you start to see great things happen, once you start to see the breakthrough, once you get the encouragement, the Lord will absolutely test you in it. Read your Bible if you don't believe me. There, is, there are tests of faith, and this was a test of faith for these boys, and they're rowing as hard as they possibly can, thinking, where's Jesus? The answer is a few feet away on the water checking them out and he said they don't even recognize him isn't that like us sometimes the lord's really close he is so in in it in it with us in all these battles and we can't even see him and they say oh it's a ghost and jesus comes in and immediately mark's gospel says gets in the boat climbs in and he says to them these beautiful words that I want us to drink in at the start of this proximity conference. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And if you read this in John's gospel, it tells us that immediately the wind died down. It tells in Mark that the wind died down, but in John's gospel, it tells us immediately they're on the other side. Suddenly Jesus is right in the boat They've learned the lesson, boom, breakthrough, suddenly of God. Don't you love them? Never lose your expectation that the suddenlies and immediately of God can change everything. And sometimes he allows us to be rowing so hard and it seems like we're getting absolutely nowhere. But at any moment he can break in and God responds to expectant faith. I want to say, build your faith on the word of God, not on what you've seen thus far. You know, don't allow, don't allow circumstances and situations, don't allow the wind against you after Jesus commissioned you to let, lower your expectation for your communities. There is expectant faith and God responds to it. And part of the reason for coming together like this is, hey, we are part of something bigger. We can hear stories about people being raised from the dead and about Muslims coming to Christ and about crazy things happening all across the movement. We can be part of this bigger thing where more people are joining the Eden adventure than ever in the last 20 years and our faith can rise again. Isn't that part of the exercise? Come on, God, we're going again because you did commission us. And really, there's only three points I want to leave with you at the start of this proximity conference. One, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, we've had some debates at the message Whether is, is fear really the opposite of faith. I think it is. It's certainly, certainly a key way of looking at it. Don't be afraid. Do you know there's 300, well, how many times does it say don't be afraid in the Bible? I was going to give it away then. How many times does it say? If you've been in the message, how many? No, actually not. That's the wrong answer, ladies and gentlemen. It's very, very close, but it's wrong. How many is it? No, not 364 either. Come on, help me out. How many times do you say do not fear in the Bible? Or fear not? 366 six is the right answer, this lady over here. And I've got absolutely no prize for you, no free books, nothing. You can move into a deprived community for the next five years. <laughs> answer is the answer is 366 because we're not even allowed to fear on a leap year (laughs) there's one for every day there's a fear not for you today there's a fear not for your situation there's a do not be afraid do not be afraid of that iman do not be afraid of that drug dealer do not be afraid of the religious posse who try to suck all the life out of you, don't be afraid just keep going lift your eyes faith is the currency of heaven it is impossible to please God without faith let faith rise while we're together in this gathering because you're going to need a lot of faith for the next 12 months if we're going to see God do the things that only he can do you see I believe almighty God is ready So let the righteousness of the cause shine like the noonday sun. And it's like there's 10 million volts of power ready to break out. Because I believe God promises a revival movement. He's done it in the past. Did it through a funny man with a beard like Andre's called William Booth. And he can do it again in our deprived, tough communities all to his glory. But it's going to be a people of faith who put the little fuse of faith into the millions of volts of power from heaven and move into a tough community. And say, Here I am, God. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to keep my eyes on the promise. I'm going to keep in the word. I'm going to keep doing the things that you've told me to do love the least, last, and lost. And I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to be a person of faith. So I'm not just not going to be afraid. I'm going to take courage. Take courage. Come on, look at the promises. God really did say the righteousness of the cause is going to shine like the noonday sun. I mean, it is impossible that that wasn't God. That doesn't happen, does it? Do you agree with me? You know, Either that was God or there is no God. And there is a God. And he spoke to me, a clown like Andy Hawthorne, 20 years ago through this bloke called Philip, who I've since found is this awesome man of God, works for YWAM and prays for like four hours a day. And here's the Lord. And he said, the righteousness of the cause is going to shine like the noonday sun. I may be up and down and you may be up and down, but the cause is white hot. The cause of Eden is God's heart. His people sacrificing much to reach people who he loves so much in partnership with him. That's God's heart. And he said, yeah, you don't fret when men succeed in their ways, when the wicked seem to be advancing. Don't fret. Just keep your eyes on me because at the right time, you'll inherit a land. Ooh, what's that going to be like, people? <laughs> is it going to be like if Open Shores really inherited for Jesus? Well, I'm telling you, that Booth fella saw it. He had crime stopping whole communities. At a time when the, the population of Britain was like less than 10% what it is now, he saw hundreds of thousands of the poor and the broken and the marginalized swept into the kingdom. Why not God? Certainly, why not? Let's have a go. And maybe God will strengthen us if we're people who have faith and we take courage and we cheer one another on and we say, look at what the Lord's doing. So don't be afraid, the Lord says. Take courage. But most importantly, it is I. It's me. I'm right in this with you. At the end of the day, you know all life is about is finding what Jesus is up to and getting involved with it. Isn't that right? All we need to know is it's the Lord. And I'm telling you, it is the Lord. Eden, it's the Lord. It's him. It's his heart. She's what he went to the cross for. She's why he bankrupted heaven so that people like us, jokers like us, could make a mark for him. Just the way he wanted to work with those unschooled, ordinary disciples. He wants to work with me and you. And he wants at the right time to come very close. And even sometimes when we don't recognize, step right in and accelerate his work in us and through us. Do you like the sound of it? If you want to see that, would you stand now? Stand before the Lord. Let's just ask the Lord to come and stir us up afresh. Just say, Lord, you're here, but we, we know you're here, Lord. Thank you for that banging time of worship. But Lord, right now, without any music, we just want to say we are for you. And we choose to take courage. We choose to be men and women of faith. And we choose to every little thing you do, give you praise for it. Every life that's changed, every sign of your kingdom. But Lord, we long for those immediately, those suddenlies, those breakthrough days where people get saved in our community and everything's different. Where the Spirit's poured out. We've read about it in the past, Lord. Do it again. And we say, here we are, Lord. Especially want to pray for my brothers and sisters who feel this morning like they're rowing and you've told them to roll. They're putting all the effort and all the energy and it feels like they're getting nowhere. Thank you that your eye's on them. You're coming close. We pray you'll step into what they're doing and accelerate it for your glory, for the sake of people that you love so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just pray for the person next to you, would you? And the band are gonna come back. We're gonna sing a couple of songs before lunch, but I'd love you to just pray. Pray for that person and kind of commission them and say, come on, take courage. Don't be afraid, it's the Lord. We're in this together, we're family, we're community, we're doing this for Jesus.